0: An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Punisher, control! Harry before I
1: change
2: my mind! I give you... Super Train! Oh,
3: Episode 396, Submission... Number 1046, Angie. Angie aired on the ABC Television Network from February 8th, 1979 to September 4th, 1980 for 36 episodes over two seasons. If you're listening to this over YouTube, we have to take the theme out because it was the number one hit from Maureen McGovern. I would sing it as aired, but alas, I am too good a singer.
4: Can I do like a sound-alike version? You could try.
5: <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Wait, before you do that, just let our dear listeners know: 36 episodes. 20 more than Uncle Croc's Block and the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. And now, Greg, give us your rendition of the Angie theme. I cannot wait to hear this. <laughs> we're doing a good job humming the theme there yeah and now for our pod hold on i'm out better job than
4: i did with what a country
3: true and now for our non-youtube listeners here's the actual theme enjoy that was a good rendition greg I, i really have to say that Maureen McGovern is jealous of you right now.
0: I thought she was in the <laughs> room.
3: You know what?
4: I bet she would have been jealous of my What a Country
3: person. <laughs> <laughs> I bet <betcha> you she would. <laughs> Here we are in the late 1970s, early 1980s, the come down of the disco era, which led to a bit of class warfare, as demonstrated by the rise of the yuppie to counter the fall of the working class stiffs. Of course, television would hold a mirror up to society, as is evidenced by Soap, a show that we will never cover on this podcast, but is relevant to the topic at hand. So what happens when two star-crossed people from these separate worlds, as Maureen McGovern sang about, come together and find love? That's the question that's posed by this series, which is created by Gary Marshall and Dale McRaven. Fresh off a battery of successes for this network, including Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, and Mork and Mindy. I'm out.
4: Was that buzzing someone's new Ha <laughs> ha!
0: It's not coming from me. <laughs> I'm looking at a certain Panamanian. What buzzing? I don't hear any buzzing.
3: That's probably my air conditioner or my fan or something.
0: Or your new genics. And for the home audience, Chica was going up to take a look at his air conditioner to see if that's what's causing this noise.
4: No, it was more like a cell phone like uh it sounded like, like a cell yeah yeah
0: I I I agree with you on that. We'll just blame them in eugenics. What the hell was that? That's oh, that was eugenics. eugenics. Yeah that's eugenics that's eugenics. Well, old Frank Thomas and Andy Van Slyke got in your system. Oh, and
5: Willem Defoe.
0: And Willem Defoe and, and uh, Doug Flutie yes
5: Oh baby,
0: it's Sir Willem Dafoe.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: not even British. <laughs> Why they think you were British? I don't know, man.
3: <laughs> okay, so on one hand, we have a coffee shop waitress by the name of Angelina Falco, working class Italian American family-oriented, lives in an apartment with her sister Marie and her mom Teresa. And on the other side, you have a wealthy, well-to-do, waspy pediatrician named Bradley Benson. He says he's a struggling young doctor, but when they finally get to their two-week anniversary in which is depicted by the first episode, he reveals that, well, you heard of Filthy Rich? He's Nasty Rich.
0: Well, I think it's more his family is Nasty Rich than anything else.
3: Yes, his family is Nasty Rich. They leave him with this big honkin' house, and it really is just him in that house. Until, you know, Angie moves in to the big house.
0: So basically, we've summarized the first episode. It is very expository, but also quoting Butter's dad in uh, Butter's very own episode. You're a liar. You're a liar. You know something that you're not telling us, you slimy scumbag liar. Mm. One of us. One of us. Goobble gobble. Goobble gobble. One of us. One of us. Goobble gobble. Goobble gobble. if you've never seen Butter's very own episode of South Park. You're doing yourself such an injustice. That is one of the funniest episodes of South Park ever.
3: So the blue-collar urban Italian-American Catholic Falcos and the blue-blooded suburban Waspy Bensons, including Brad's thrice-married sister and her daughter, who takes a shine to Angie, are all forced to become one big happy family when, at the end of the first episode, Brad proposes to Angie.
5: And at the end of the third episode, Brad and Angie elope. And
3: sometime in the fourth episode, they go through an actual church wedding because... Teresa Falco is Angie's mother and she's not having any of this elopement nonsense. No, seriously, she's not. You'll understand when we get to the cast, which we'll do, oh, right now, playing the title role of Angie Falco Benson is Shia LaBeouf's mother from Even Stevens herself, Donna Pesco. Uh,
1: Hold on,
0: I heard the
3: new
5: Janice again. No, oh. I told you it was the phone. See, it was Chico the whole time.
3: Yeah, I yeah, okay.
0: That was about as easy of a solve as it was figuring out that Gary Condit didn't kill Sandra Levy. Of course. So uh so where were we? We're talking about uh, Donna Peskow and where would we know her from? In the title role of Angie Falco
3: Benson would be Donna Pesco, straight off of Saturday Night Fever, and yet to be the mother of Maureen Flanagan on Out of This World or Shia LaBeouf on Even Stevens. But still cute as a button. Oh,
0: she is adorable.
4: Hang on, Chico. Have you ever seen the episode of Dash's a very special episode
0: of the
3: Hanukkah? Lewis episode? gets grounded for Hanukkah and it's all a dream. Yes. Yes. It is a very WTF episode. He's sticking his finger into Christy Carlson Romano's head. Okay. Now which episode are you guys talking about? The which even uh, the even oh, it's even. a very yeah, even Stevens. Uh Dash covered it in a very special episode. It is The Even Stevens where Lewis is
0: grounded for Hanukkah. What type of thing do you need to do to get suspended or punished on a high holiday?
3: Break everybody's presents. Because
1: you were
0: huffing them
3: in a Dutch oven of your own making like a fiend. Damn. (laughs) That's what happens, man. All right, on the other side of the equation, playing the role of Dr. Brad Benson, Robert Hayes. And let's be honest, as soon as this show ends, he's going to go on to the role of a lifetime.
0: Yeah, simply put. Do we really need to tell everybody what role it is? I think we should, but Ted Stryker and Airplane, folks. Just remember, we're all counting on you.
3: Playing his sister, thrice married Joyce Benson, would be Sharon Spellman, who, let's be honest, her character looks down a lot on Angie and her family. This is as long as her uh, career actually goes, but she was in the 1988 remake of The Blob. So there's that. Playing Angie's sister, Marie is Deborah Lee Scott, another cutie. She's another cutie. And of course, if there was a game show on from the mid-70s to the mid-80s, she was on it. She was incredibly inept. inept. She was incredibly adept at
0: password. No, I like the way you put it first. <laughs> Not to cutting that out, but I like it. Now she has a d- an ineptic F- password. Uh, oh, God, our little gaffs. I love it.
3: Playing Joyce's daughter,
0: Hillary, a very
3: young Tammy Lauren. And this is before she would sort of re-enter the uh, primetime space as one of the detectives on martial law. With Sam O'Hung and Kelly Who and eventually Arsenio
5: Hall. With Kelly Who? Kelly Who. Kelly Who? I'm asking you. Kelly Who? Kelly Who. I'm telling you.
1: Oh,
0: answer the question. Kelly I Who. I am answering the question. It's Kelly Who. Oh, get your new Gen X over here and let's move on. And that was our rendition of Who's On First. You're welcome, people.
3: And then we have, as Angie's co-worker and best friend, Dee Dee Malloy, Diane Robin. She was only around for the first season and a couple of episodes for the second season, but you would probably remember her as Chandra in RoboCop. I think she ended up living through that movie. And then in recurring appearances, you have Emery Bass, As Phipps, the Bensons' lawyer, who rather likes Angie, probably because he's not like the Bensons at all. But yeah, he was in Kojak, Dark Shadows, 1776 from 1972, sadly no longer with us, died at 89 in 2015. We have Randall Benson, Brad Benson's father, played by the inimitable, John Randolph, who, again, is no longer with us. He died in 2004. But he was Skylar Fox in You Got Mail. He was Sydney Green in Serpico. Serpico? I didn't think we ever mentioned that on this show. And aside from that, he's pretty much a that guy from that thing. He's got a whole lot of credits, and we're not going to go over all of them.
5: We mentioned in a previous episode that he was the original Frank Costanza on Seinfeld before it went to Jerry Stiller. Greg would have mentioned it, but he was too busy trying to correct baseball stats for the summer league he works at during this episode. And
3: then we have the three Marys from Angie's school. That's what they call themselves, the three Marys. Mary Mary, Mary Grace, and Mary Catherine. Mary Mary is played by Valerie Bromfield, who went on to be a voice actor. Mary Grace is played by Susan Duvall, who went on to be Lou's nurse in Major League Two. ha!
2: Now we're starting to roll, boys! Are you alright?
1: Oh yeah, I love this British stuff. General Spencer Ewell was a patient of your
3: Uncle Richard's. Arthur and I dined. And Mary Catherine
0: is played by Nancy Lane, who didn't go on to do much. Do I need to play the liar sound effect here, Chico? Nancy Lane went on to the Duck Factory, and she also appeared at least on one week of Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. But rounding out the cast,
3: America's favorite overbearing mother. As Teresa Falco, Doris Roberts. And really, do we even need to say anything more than
0: that? Yes, I'm going to add one thing. Mark my word. 2024, it was the thing on TV, Hall of Famer. Mark not my agree. word. I'm not, uh, not saying I'm going to induct her. I'm not saying either of you are going to induct her. I'm not going to force you to do that. But she's going to be in the hall. I'm next not going to
3: argue. I'm not going to argue with that. You
0: can't argue it. She has too good of a resume.
3: So the resultant comedy is... Sort of like Rhoda, except with Catholics instead of Jewish people, and in Philadelphia instead of New York City. Oh yeah, and somebody's rich. So we already went over the first episode, but here it is again. Episode 1, The Proposal, Angie and Brad begin falling for one another despite their different backgrounds. We all explained how this was going to go down. Nobody of note in this episode, so we'll just go on to episode two. Episode two, Wedding Wings. Teresa's fear of flying complicates Brad's father's desire to get to know Angie and her family better. And as the stewardess, sort of a southern belle in her own right, Simone Griffith. Like her character, Simone Griffith actually comes from Georgia, but has a theater arts major at the University of South Carolina. So what is her most notable role as Annie in Death Race 2000? Episode 3. The Elopement. When Angie and Brad try to plan their wedding... And it turns into a nightmare because of their families, they decide to elope. Playing the sheriff in this episode, that's his name, the sheriff,
0: Dolph Sweet, Carl Konisky. Yes! Somebody who's going to be in law enforcement in about a year or two after Angie. He wasn't just Carl Konisky, he was the chief. So this is Prantis. He's a sheriff in this episode. And then when he gets to give me a break, he's going to be the chief. And they end up, because
3: they're going to elope, at Shady Lane Motel after finding the justice of the peace had died, getting lost, and fixing a flat tire. (laughs) And somebody steals the car with Brad asleep in it. Oh,
0: God. I was expecting you to make a reference to that motor lodge. (laughs) Shady Friends Motor Lodge, I think it was.
4: Hold on a second. Let me find whatever that motor lodge is out here.
3: Ha ha! Call back to last week. Got the him. The
0: Pines Motor Lodge. Pines, Mor- yeah. Shady Pines is where and uh, Golden Girls. Shady Pines, Sophia. ma. Shady Pines. Yeah. Shady Pines Motor Lodge is like totally different.
3: Yeah. So it's, so this is see. None of this would happen if they just stayed at the Pines. Ha! Call back. Got him. Episode four, The Morning After. Time out. Wasn't that a movie with Gene Fonda? Also the name of a song by Maureen McGovern. So we pick up from the previous episode, Angie and Brad have coffee the morning after their comically odd elopement, and they have to tell their families what happened. Hillary is welcoming of Angie and her family, Joyce and Teresa leave mad after being told the news, and things struggle to be straightened out. Episode 5. The Adjustment. Angie becomes bored after leaving her waitress job and moving into Brad's mansion. In an uncredited cameo as a coffee shop customer, Donnie Most.
1: Oh.
0: Actually, it's Don most now.
3: Episode Six Teresa's Date. Oh, boy, are you guys ready for this? Brad's dad dates Angie's mom. That's it. That's the plot of the episode. Episode seven The House Guests. Newlyweds Angie and Brad have unexpected house guests when Teresa and Marie are evicted from their apartment. Conflict arises when the relatives make themselves at home, and Teresa basically tries to run things. Because. It's Doris freaking and Roberts and that's what she does.
0: Well, that's what mothers do. Let's just say that. Mothers or mothers-in-law in this case if you're Robert Hayes's character. Yeah, that's what mothers or mothers-in-law do. They take control. Not that we have any experience in that. No. No no. We not, love we
3: yeah. love our mothers. Well, I'm well, talking about
0: mothers-in-law. We, we don't have that experience. No, I don't have a mother-in-law. Well you just be married to have a mother-in-law. That's sort of a prerequisite.
4: Mother. I always love her. Mom, mother. So treat her right. Treat her right.
3: And you said you weren't gonna have anything to contribute to this episode, Greg. Get out of my head,
0: Chico! I was thinking the exact same thing. You are
3: a trooper and a gentleman, good sir. And hey, mom,
4: you raised a good son,
3: huh? <laughs> Episode 8, The Opportunity. Teresa encourages a reluctant Brad to hire Marie as his receptionist. At this point, Marie is working nights at a daycare. She works nights at a daycare, and now she's going to be Brad's receptionist. But when he does, it leads to chaos in his office. Well, you hire. Entire- Deborah Lee Scott, be your
0: receptionist. This is the sort of thing that happens. Yeah, we said she was inept at password. <laughs> Episode nine,
3: Joyce's job. When her alimony payments end, Joyce is forced to do the unthinkable for a Benson. Find the job
0: for the first time ever. Do it, say it, get it out of your system. Just do it or else I'm going to do it. Okay. Playing a
3: hostess in this episode. The Travols.
0: <laughs> oh, I think my new genetics just oh went my off. Oh God. Oh my gosh. Really, Mike? Try to be professional about this. That went out the window a long time ago. I, oh. I did not know a 115 year old woman would do that to me. Episode 10, The First Fight. Brad goes
3: out with some old friends, drinks too much, and comes home late. This results in the couple's first big fight. Well, it had to happen sooner or later. Especially with friends named Chicky, Kitty, and Buddy. Who are played respectively by Steven Johnson, Carol Willard, and Lois Young none of whom have done anything of great importance, so uh, we're just going to move on. Episode 11, Angie's Good Deed. Angie wants her friends to have the same happiness she has in being married. Even though he thinks it's a bad idea, Brad agrees to fix up one of his buddies with Angie's friend, Dee. Episode 12, The Checkup. Angie's mother is having aches and pains and needs to see a doctor. She reluctantly agrees
5: to a checkup with her son-in-law. This can't end well. The mother-in-law getting checked by her uh, son-in-law? Well, look at it this way. It can't
3: be worse than flying with her son-in-law, because that was pretty bad, if you remember. We have a character named Polly. He's played by David Elliott, who was in the cast of Jaws 2 and the art department of The Hunger Games Catching Fire. And that was season one. ABC got so much positive buzz that they ended up putting it on Thursday nights after Mork and Mindy. And it wasn't just a hit.
5: It wasn't just a big hit. It was a major hit.
3: Top five for the season hit. It was number five behind Three's Company, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, and Happy Days. So yeah, ABC was in a good way in 1978 to 1979. And they were hoping to continue the winning ways in 1979 to 1980 when they pick up Angie for a second full season. And you would think that they could build off this momentum by having it move to another night to be in the presence of greatness. Yeah, that didn't happen. ABC totally messed it up. You think it was gonna happen? Nope! And we'll go over how Angie went from one of the top draws of the network to something that was just at the very best okay right after these era-appropriate messages.
5: After Messages
2: will be right back. Just had a hamburger loaded with onions. Kiss me. Onions? Hey, kiss me. I got the signal.
1: Mmm, minty.
6: Signal mouthwash fights strong mouth odors.
1: I just ate garlic bread. Kiss me. Garlic? Come on, kiss me. I got the signal.
6: Hey, nice. Signal fights strong mouth odors. Even garlic, even onions. Gives you fresher, cleaner breath. Clinical tests prove it. A kiss will prove it.
1: Kiss me. I got the signal. Oh, boy! Skydiver! Pull a shoot? Oh, I went too much to the right.
2: Maybe oh, one no. of these days they'll let me play. Yes. They never seem to get tired of playing Atari. (laughs) Probably because Atari has so many different games to play. Games like basketball, football, chess, bowling, outlaw. More than 30 games (laughs) that I never get to play. I'll
1: play with you, daddy.
2: Thanks.
6: No other company offers you as many different video game cartridges as Atari. Saturday, Helen's out for some extra cash.
2: I think I can satisfy you.
6: On the Ropers. And Detective School gets caught on the wrong side of a
2: hold You and look like a thief. No, but your face is against the law.
6: Then on the Love Boat, two teens fake their way into the honeymoon suite, and it's left to gopher to keep them apart. And on Fantasy Island, a high school wallflower gets revenge on the class bully by blossoming into a beauty. And a would-be Rocky takes on the champion of the world. Sunday, Rudolph and Frosty together for the first time in a new feature-length movie at 7, 6 Central and Mountain.
2: What a neat idea!
6: Then at 8.30, 30 Central and Mountain, Mork's in uniform as a Denver Bronco cheerleader. We are Sunday, Cheryl Ladd and Robert Urich hide a terrible secret inside their home when she was bad.
3: So, Angie is riding high as one of the top shows on television. And for good reason. We have a really good cast, really well produced TV show, really well written format. But there was going to be some changes in season two. For one, Leonora Tuna was put in as the producer. And. Brad would buy out the Liberty Coffee Shop, which Angie would turn around and sell to buy, of all
5: things, a beauty salon. What? Brad would buy the coffee
3: shop. Angie would flip it to buy a beauty salon. And then hire a hairstylist named Johnny, played by Tim Thomerson. Oh gosh, Tim Thomerson. Low-key making a Hall of Fame case. Unfortunately, that would not leave any room for A, Dee or B, Hillary. Both of them would be gone for the majority of season two. Season 2 begins with Angie's old friends. When Angie's old friends come over to visit, she tries to hide the fact that she's very well-off financially. We have the three Marys that we mentioned. We have Dee Malloy, and then we have somebody named Carmella, played by Anne DeSalvo. Episode 2, The First Separation. Angie and Brad have a disagreement after he practices his speech for an upcoming convention, and she criticizes it as boring. David Elliott returns as Polly, but guess who plays a character named Maxie? Adrian's med from TJ Hooker. From Greece too. He was also in Greece, too. Thank you, Keesla. Episode three.
0: I'm sorry, I just love the random input from Keisla.
3: I love my sister. You know me. I love well, my sister.
0: Oh, well, who doesn't? Who I just, doesn't? I just love how she just randomly chimes in there. Don't forget about Greece too. Who <laughs> doesn't love
4: Episode oh, Hold on, Keisla. I wish I could forget about Greece too.
3: <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer wishes she could forget about Greece too. She was in the damn thing. She was a female lady. I know. That's the joke. Well, they might not know. They know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Episode three Moving Day. Brad becomes upset when he's told by Angie that they're moving into a new place he hasn't seen. What? Yeah, they spend like the last 15 episodes in this massive mansion. There's nothing to do with it. So they move into a duplex where Angie and Brad live in one part of it, and Brad practices his medicine in the other part of it. It's very simple. Playing Richard, a patient of Brad's, apparently, Jeremy Licked? Who we're supposed to believe is Danny
0: Ponce's twin brother on the Hogan family. Can you? I can't. No, you're right about that. That's a hard sell.
3: Episode four, Marie's Crush. Angie becomes alarmed when Marie develops a crush on Brad and then considers becoming a nun. Playing Mother Janet, that's her name, Mother Janet. Helen... Paige Camp, who was on the love boat and the Incredible Hulk, but she was in three seminal episodes of The Fresh Prince as Margaret Firth, as in the wife of the husband who goes to the prison with Uncle Phil, where Uncle Phil gives the sheriff what for. Did you talk to their parents? No, because we're their parents. Did you talk to their lawyer? No, because we're their lawyer. So you let those two kids out, or I'll tie this place up in so much litigation that your grandchildren are going to need lawyers. Every time Uncle Phil gives a speech, it's epic. Episode 5, The Gift. Brad's father creates tension with Brad and Angie after he buys Angie an expensive fur coat for her birthday one of many appearances of Richard Beauchamp as Hector. Of course, we would know him for 13 episodes of Hunter as Carlos and three episodes of Hill Street Blues as Marty Rodriguez.
0: Another person in this episode. And if you want to talk about low-key making a case for the Hall of Fame, this is about as low-key of a case as you can make. Playing Bev is Kit McDonough. This is at least the fourth time we've talked about her. She was the wife on What's Alan Watching? She played Lois McArdle on Teachers Only. And she was on an episode of The Bad News Bears. So there's four entries. Yep, one more and she gets her a Hall of Fame card punched. Potentially, but more importantly... One more reference and she wins the Chevette. Never mind. All and... back to face the music. Boom! Got him. Yeah. No, they didn't give away Chevette's on Face the Music. No, I thought they gave Chevette's on Face the Music. No, I was doing like Tic Tac Doe or Joker Oh, that's right. Uh, no, they, they gave away Dotson's on Face the Music. Oh, my gosh.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, because Sandy Frank can only <laughs> afford a Dotson.
0: Were you absent for that show? I'm just wondering. But no. also, I said so the magic number is five. If we ever get to the Rita Moreno show, if we can find it, she was in that, and that was a piece of junk. So just saying there's number five and looking at her IMDb, that may be it. There is not going to be a number five besides that. We ne- oh, oh, hold on. No, no. I just found she was on an episode of Mr. President. There's number five. There's number five. So there's your potential entry to the hall. And there's the Chevette for her. But still, if there's going to be a number six, it's going to be the Rita Moreno show if we can find it. Wait a minute. We did talk about Mr. President.
1: That's yeah. fine.
0: That's, That's fine. It's, it's five. Yeah. I, I, I said it's five. Okay. All right. And, and just because, you know, uh, it's been 95 episodes since Greg talked about it. She was on an episode of Wings in, in season seven in 1996.
4: Can you believe, guys, it's going to be almost 100 episodes? Because <laughs> I mentioned for the first time ever, I love
3: Wings.
0: I should Can't have just get my mouth shut. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> Episode 6, The Thief. Fed up with everyone coming over uninvited, Brad and Angie lie about going on vacation so that they can spend some time alone in their new home. Perhaps playing The Thief, a character named Kenny, Peter Scolari. Everybody's favorite bosom buddy. Yeah, I said it. Tom Hanks, fight me.
0: No, everybody's favorite Newhart son-in-law. Am I How wrong? About...
3: No, you're not wrong. How about everybody's favorite mad scientist? Oh, that's right, because he did play Wayne zelinski
4: on the TV show.
3: Yeah, you know who his wife was on uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Who? Barbara Allen Woods of Eden. Really? That soap opera that was produced by Playboy for USA? Ooh. That came on in sometimes after Silk Stockings? Oh, when you've
4: gotten your Nutanix <laughs> sticks on Silk Stockings, you really need it to last. Like another hour. Mike uh, is hanging his head in shame. He's like, Really, Greg? You really said that? Yes.
0: No, no, I really can't believe you made a silk stockings reference, especially since during my summer break, that's literally how I spend three hours a day watching silk hey, stockings. Hey, you do you, TV. boo. You do you, boo. Hey, I just like how on every episode, they're in season five. Actually, uh, earlier today, they showed the episode where uh, uh Rob Estes got killed off. Bro! But, uh, yeah, c- season five, gone about halfway through the season. But anyhow, one of the That's the first show that he gets killed
3: off of. The second one is CSI Miami. He plays a guy who is hired to clean crime scenes. And his ex-wife is Natalia Boa Fista, played by the lovely and talented
0: Ava LaRue. She is a suspect in his murder. So as I was saying- I'm watching all these episodes of silk stockings during my summer break. And I love just the variety of places that they interview people. It's like, they're trying to maximize the TNA factor. Oh, they went to a strip club today. They went to uh, a a beach volleyball game and all the girls in the background are wearing thongs and, Oh, they went to, you know, some public park or some beach and, Oh, everybody's walking around in a string bikini there. the TNA factor. And you
3: realize that at least once a season, Charlie Broyle has to get in on the questioning.
0: I think I've only seen him get on the questioning once. I think it was uh, er- earlier this week. It was him and Rob Essis' character there uh, poolside uh, interviewing somebody. And of course, a couple people, a couple females, I should say right behind him. Are wearing thong bikinis showing their little tushies walking right behind Charlie Brill. Ooh. I'm sure Mitzi McCall was at home saying, You son of a bitch, when you get home, I'm smacking you upside the head with this rolling pin.
4: Hold on, time you out. better
0: not have looked.
4: Time out, didn't you say in one of the episodes Gilbert Gottfried was in?
0: He was oh. just, yes, he was in an episode earlier this week, yes.
4: I got a question. Was Rhonda Shear in an episode of Silk Stockings?
0: Well, aren't you lucky? I have IMDb up right now. Let me check. Ooh,
4: I can only hope she was on an episode of Silk Stockings. They had to get
3: everybody from Up All Night on
4: Silk Stockings.
3: I was going to make a mention of Titan-Man, but that was Night Flight, not Up All Night. My
0: mistake. That's a future installment. Sh- oh,
5: great! wait. Hold on, Greg.
0: Greg. Greg. Yeah. This is like a double win. Not only was she on an episode of Silk Stockings, she was on an episode of Duckman 2 USA series.
4: What did she play on Duckman?
0: Rhondashear, of course. I mean, that's literally it says Ronda Sheer voice.
4: Oh wow, what a stretch. Ronda Shear played herself on Duckman.
3: Remember, Ben Stein played himself on Duckman.
0: Or he played somebody named Mr. Stein. I'm looking at some stills on IMDB. Legitimately, she played herself. I mean, I see a blonde girl here giving Duckman a hug and I may have to pull out my DVDs of Duckman to see this episode, to see what part she had. Because it looks. I'm guessing she's this blonde woman, but so yeah, she was on Duckman. She was on Silk Stockings. But getting back to Gilbert, oh my gosh, Gilbert should have won an award for what he did on uh, on Silk Stockings. I'm not even joking; that was a great episode. I know you're hearing me say the word an award and Silk Stockings. You're like, what?
4: Hold on, an award, Silk Stockings, and Gilbert Godfrey.
0: He did a good job. He was playing like some sort of sleazy, I want to say, agent or manager of, like, a... I don't know if it was a nightclub or a strip club. I I clearly wasn't paying that much attention. But he did... He was funny. He did a damn good job on that.
4: I'm sorry for those who wanted to hear about Angie. and You had to listen (laughs) to the last five, seven minutes talking about Silk
0: Stockings and Gilbert Gottfried and Rhonda Shear. And T's and A's. And T's and A's. Don't leave out the uh, unimportant stuff.
3: Okay, so where were we? Episode 7.
0: Oh, Did I'm he... sorry. Wait, wait, wait. wait, Before Oh, we... for God's sakes, Mike. No, th- this is quality content. I made a mistake. I-, I said I didn't know if it was a nightclub or a strip club. It may have been more of a... Well, you determine what it was. He was the manager... Of a club where mud wrestling was going on. Mud wrestling. Well, it could be any. It could be either one of those. Well, well, the thing is, at the end of the episode, Rob Estes and Gilbert and uh, I, I. If this is true, oh my gosh, th- this is a callback to earlier in this episode. Oh no, it wasn't. I, I thought it was going to be Tim Thomerson. No, it was. I think John O'Hurley. They were all fighting in the mud pits. Oh, yeah, that's right, a triple threat match. Rob Estes, Gilbert Gottfried, and
3: John O'Hurley in a mud wrestling pit. And Of course, John O'Hurley would be there, so it would be classy as hell. He's getting tumbled in this mud pit.
0: What do you mean it's classy as hell? It's
1: how do you John O'Freak freaking Hurley! Come on!
4: But how do you, you know, make
0: mud wrestling classy?
4: I can guarantee you Dave Meltzer, if he was reviewing that mud wrestling match, would say, Two and a quarter stars. Didn't have Kenny Omega. <laughs> Match wasn't at the Tokyo Dome.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, now we're done talking about some stockings. Episode nine or whatever it is. How many tangents can we fit in this
3: damn episode? I don't know. Okay. Episode seven. We're on episode seven now. Vinny's return. Brad is initially at base when Angie's old flame, Vinny, comes to visit. However, it becomes clearly evident that Vinny is still attracted to Angie. Vinny Visicio is played by Paul Pop. He was cast to co-star as Double J opposite John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. If you remember, Donna Pesco was also in Saturday Night Fever, playing up a... Affecting, was I don't know if it was an affected Brooklyn accent or her natural Brooklyn accent, but she was there with uh, Paul Pappy. So, a bit of a reunion of sorts.
5: Episode, oh my God, I've been waiting for this
3: episode. I've been waiting for this episode. I've been waiting. This, I wanted to see Greg's reaction when I tell him who's in this episode. Episode eight Uncle Cheech. Angie and Brad's lives are turned upside down when her obnoxious uncle comes to stay with them following his divorce. Kind of reads like Season 2, Episode 1 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, especially when you consider that Uncle Cheech is played by the one, the only, Danny DeVito!
0: But it is Uncle Cheech, I'm sorry... I'm waiting for a reaction and I'm getting Nothing! But did Uncle Cheech eat chili cheese fries out of a bowling ball? No! Well, that's why this got canceled after the second season. If he ate chili cheese fries out of a bowling ball, this would still be on.
3: You know what? It would have stood a fighting chance at least.
0: Did, did he go to a water fountain with a hot dog train, drink water?
5: <laughs> no!
0: Man, how many more things can we say about uh, Danny DeVito related to It's Always Sunny? Was he the art dealer Uncle in at any point? His Uncle Chief?
4: Derivative.
0: Derivative.
4: Hold on. Do we have to talk about this past week's episode of It's Always Sunny? We just ready? talked
5: about
3: it! Well, this is what happens when I'm busy with baseball stats. Mike just talked about it. It was basically bowling night and Frank is eating chili cheese fries out of a bowling ball. And everybody's pissed drunk. Then and he
1: rolls the ball down the lane and the chili <laughs> cheese is spilling out. And you, would like think that the get, lane. and you would
3: think that it would not get any better than what we did last week with Risky Rats. It gets better.
4: And also you had Gail the Snail back.
0: You had Gail the Snail, yeah! Yes! And, 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 and Artemis! Yeah. Artemis we have the and the waitress. To the Artemis! And the waitress! You had everybody! And Gail the Snail was
5: snorting. Shella shuts up her nose. Wait, hold
4: on. Didn't Frank have a threesome with Gale and Artemis in the back? Yes!
5: Right, yes! Episode, yes! Yes, he did! Yes. And it was glorious!
0: S- spoiler here. Yeah, at the end of the episode, when D made her one pin, after uh, Dennis kept saying "gutterball, gutterball, gutterball," and the pins were all saying "gutterball, gutterball, gutterball," she hit one pin. She's celebrating, and nobody's there because Artemis, Gail the snail, and Frank went to do a threesome, and uh, and then Dennis and uh, Charlie and Mac they went to the uh, the Sixers game. Wait, how could there be a Sixers game going on? Isn't this taking place at night? Well, the Sixers game would be happening is on a Friday night. So, yeah, Sixers game would happen on a Friday night. So how yeah. could they get to the arena in time? How would they get tickets? Okay, I don't know about the continuity there and, and that explanation. It, it's, but... it's
4: weird. Maybe Gritty got them three tickets.
0: Maybe Gritty got them three tickets. But, yeah, at the end of the episode, the yeah. only person left of the eight was the waitress. Because, like I said, the three guys not named Frank went to go to the Sixers game, and Frank and Artemis and uh, Gail the Snail were getting it on. Maybe. No, there's no maybe. They were getting it on. Oh,
3: okay. Uh, All right. So, also in this episode, Rory King as Melody, Rory King from previous entry.
5: I'm about to say this again, unironically. I'm a big girl now. Episode
3: 9. Family Feud. It is what you think it is. Brad and Angie's families face off on the game show, Family Feud. Because ABC in the 70s, am I right? And of course, we have Richard Dawson playing himself. Gene Wood playing himself. Carlo
0: Imparato playing a guy named Petey. would be a guy named Petey, because at this point, Carlo Imperato would have been like 16, 17 years old. Yeah, you know, he's a guy named... Yeah, he was...
3: Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a guy. That's a guy of He's guy enough to have been in fame in a couple of years. And, you know, when, by the time he's in Grey's Anatomy, he's not a guy anymore. He's a
0: man! Well, he was a man during fame, but you know where else he was a man? The weeks where he appeared on Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour.
3: Episode 10, Harvey's Mother. Angie gets worried when an attractive, divorced mother seems very interested in Brad and keeps making appointments with him. Oh my goodness gracious. Playing Loretta. Ellen Travolta. Playing her son Harvey, Corey Feldman.
0: You mean the Corey Feldman that was on like the first 15 episodes of Madam's (laughs) Place?
3: Yep, the very same. And playing his sister Karen, Francine Tacker from the Paper Chase.
0: Hey, how about one more name? Playing Seal on this episode, Florence Hallop. The second night court bailiff, after Selma Diamond, before Marsha Warfield. Episode 11, Mary Mary
3: Marries. When Brad and Angie find out that Mary Mary just got engaged, they agree to hold her wedding at their home. Playing Douglas, I imagine this is the person that Mary Mary is going to marry, G. W. Bailey, who was in the first season of seen elsewhere, almost all the police academy movies.
5: He's that, Captain Harris. Silly. I know. That's why I was. That's what I was talking about. He's Captain but, Harris. Yes, but
3: he's in Mannequin, the only '80s movie that truly
4: matters. That's right. What a great cast Mannequin had. You had. Andrew McCarthy, you had Kim Cattrall, you had G.W. Bailey, you had Estelle Getty, you had James Spader, Phyllis oh.
5: Newman.
0: What about Meshack Taylor? Oh, How oh, Taylor.
3: He made that movie.
0: How that could mo- you not name Meshack Taylor? Why did I have to come up with that?
3: <laughs> that movie Time made out. his career. <laughs> That's right. Time
4: out. Let me get it right here. The mannequin Blu-ray that I have in my hand. From Olive Films. By the way.
5: This is CNN Breaking News.
4: Olive Films. No more. I will hold this Blu-ray of mannequin. And my Blu-ray of eat men out. From Olive Films with pride. Thank you very much.
3: Episode 12. The Gambler. A trip to Atlantic City. (laughs) Helps to rekindle Teresa's gambling addiction. Now. If you're like me. You know it doesn't cost but 10 bucks to buy a train ticket from Philadelphia to Atlantic City. Because if you're like me, you're a degenerate gambler.
4: Were any of the casinos in Atlantic City run by the Philly Mafia? Depends on your definition.
3: Were they run by Soupy Sales and Buddy Hackett? No. Were one of them run by...
0: Mr. Black. Yes. Maybe not in 1980, but yeah. Maybe not in 1980, though.
4: No. But I'll tell you this. If Buddy Hackett and Soupy Sales ran a casino, I bet you they would have had a great takeout business at the casino. I figure you do a good takeout business. A
0: good takeout
2: business? <laughs> yeah, we do a good takeout business. Take
0: takeout
4: out business!
0: <laughs> Greg shoehorning the reference oh. in just to hear that stupid sounder.
3: Hey, it's a Philadelphia based TV show. We got both that reference and a reference to It's Always Sunny.
5: I say we're doing pretty good right now. And Mannequin is set in Philadelphia. We love Philadelphia.
3: It's the city of brotherly you now. Philadelphia
5: Freedom!
3: Episode 13. Coffee Wars.
4: Coffee Wars? Now Chico, I've heard of the Cola War Wars but I've never
3: heard of a coffee war. Then you've never been to a street corner where one side had a Krispy Kreme and the other side had a Dunkin'. Or one side had a Dunkin' and the other side had a Starbucks.
4: Wait a minute. Did you say Dunkin'?
5: Oh, no! Ah, We're triggering Greg.
3: Hold on a second.
5: He was worried he wouldn't be able to
3: contribute to this episode, and look at him. We need to stop
0: enabling him.
3: Angie's coffee shop is, existence is threatened by the arrival of a fast food restaurant. Angie tries to figure out how to keep her customers and save business, leading Brad to buy the coffee shop. Now, Greg. What? what? Why? Why would you have Brad buy the coffee shop? Because
4: he's filthy, stinking rich, Greg. All right. Here we go. Here's my Dunkin' Chino. Clip of the day for you guys. Now get ready.
6: Something's brewing at d
2: Wow. Al Pacino. It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do. What's my name? Dunkachino. It's a whole new game. Dunkachino. You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Add a good lucky light. This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut, two Carmel swirl. I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from seven to 17. lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. Dunka 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 Dunka
4: Dunkachino.
3: That Jack Black?
4: <laughs> yeah. Now, do you want to explain what the video is?
1: Dunkachino no, I really it,
4: don't know. Dunkachino but it's
3: in new York chat. Yeah. Next episode please. Oh my
1: gosh.
3: <laughs> episode <laughs> Episode 14. Angie and Brad's close encounter? What? Of the third kind? Of some kind of some Brad and Angie meet the new neighbors who introduce them to group therapy which is designed to improve their marriage.
4: I got news for you. It's not going to improve their match.
3: No. Uh, Oh, some of the characters on this episode. Playing Sissy is Lorna Patterson. I think she was on a week of Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. But she was in Airplane and Airplane too. so...
0: She was not on a week of Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Dang it.
3: Earl Bowen, who passed away this year. Michael Tucci, from It's Gary Shandling's show. And playing
0: Betsy, Rhea Perlman. Ooh. Hey, how about we tie in <laughs> It's Always Sunny again. She played some neighbor who may have had a curse earlier this season. What? Y- you missed that? The episode where D she kept on getting her hand glued to doors and th- 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 this, uh, the this the late the character played by Rhea Perlman, she uh, was supposedly like cursed in some capacity. Yeah, it wasn't one of the better episodes this season. By no means is it a risky rats or the gang goes bowling, but still, I mean, it's an episode with Rhea Perlman in it. And of course, let's the make here- the natural connection. Rhea Perlman and Dan DeVito were married. Humor rights itself. Not even the humor. It's just that natural connection. Episode 15, Beauty Parlor. Remember a couple of episodes where we
3: had coffee wars and Angie was struggling to keep her customers and save her coffee establishment only to have Brad swoop in and rescue everybody? Yeah she decides to close the coffee shop
5: and buy Rose's beauty salon with Teresa. What? Okay. Playing
3: Rose is a lady by the name of Mary Gorman. She's not one of the three Marys, so I'm not going to worry too much about that. But she was in the original Taking of Pelham one two three, where she played a hooker.
4: A hooker?
3: Yes. And she was in 10 in 1979, playing, ironically enough, a coffee shop waitress. Episode 6, Teresa's Gigolo.
0: Numbers are tough. It's episode 16. Just like the number of episodes of Uncle Croc's Block and the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Angie begins
3: to suspect that Gianni is only taking her mother out on dates in an effort to buy the salon. Episode 17. Marie moves out. Marie has a fight with Teresa and moves in with her boyfriend. I'm guessing that would be Adrian's men as Maxie. Yeah, I can see it.
5: Well, sure as hell isn't Florence Halep.
0: It could be, but that'd be kind of weird.
3: Episode 18, Brad's Best Buddy. When Johnny considers quitting the salon, Angie suggests that Brad hang out with him in the hopes of changing his mind. The plan backfires when Johnny begins spending all of his time with Brad and Angie. Playing the role of a waiter, Milton James, back then credited as Milt Yamin, noted voiceover actor. In Grand Theft Auto 5, Grand Theft Auto 4, Bully, Warcraft 3, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, and Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage. as Sir Moneybags and Basil the Explorer. Episode 19, February Fever. To help Angie get over the winter blues, Brad plans to have their long-awaited honeymoon in the Caribbean... But getting there proves to be a challenge. Florence Hallett, Tim Thomerson, and uh, Tessa Richard return as their uh, respective roles.
0: But playing a ticket agent in this episode, somebody we've talked about in the past, Ronnie Graham, where you would know him from, in the movie Spaceballs, he played the minister with the, the big mitre, the big you know Pope hat. Oh yeah. When you see that big Pope hat. Yeah. You know exactly who that is, but also we talked about him previously because he was on an episode of the nut house. So he actually sort of aligns very nicely in the milk Brooks universe, if you will, between space balls, the nut house, and he was in Robin hood, Ben and tights and history of the world. Part one. And he was on the Ghostbusters in 1975, so that's at least the third time we've talked about him.
3: Episode 20. The President's Coming! The President's Coming!
0: Oh, geez, Is this an episode about Bill Clinton?
3: When the President of the United States accepts Brad's father's invitation to dinner, Angie must keep it a secret from everyone, including her mother. Uh Uh-oh! Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because Teresa Falco loves to talk. Episode 21, The Kid Down the Block. Brad and Angie help a boy with his stage fright by doing a rehearsal of Cinderella with him at their home. Oh, oh. Couple people we talked about in the past. Michael Delano as Mr. Stewart, the father... Of course, Michael Delano was the DJ on the Super Train, which runs off of Time Lord Technology. And playing Matthew Stewart, Mino Palucci from Voyagers.
0: He's getting a Hall of Fame resume. What is this? This is at least the fourth episode we talked about him on. Angie, the Bad News Bears. And obviously Voyagers. Vo- obviously Voyagers Manimal. That's four. That's, that's four. four. I think he's one away.
4: And hold on, future entry best of the west with
0: Leonard Fry. And Helltown with Robert Blake, which I am pretty sure is on the list. Didn't even mention he did an episode of 10 Speed and Brown Shoes, so that's one that's it. That's what that's what it was. And, and then Angie is two. And Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears is three. Manimals. Four
3: Voyagers is five. And Voyagers is fine. I think he's got a Hall of Fame case. We shall see, sometime next year. Stay tuned. Episode twenty-two: Friends in Need. Brad and Angie go out of their way to help the three Marys get through their respective problems. In a return performance as Father Ortelli, Martin Ferrero who was in Jurassic Park, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, and Heat. He played Gennaro in uh, Jurassic Park. If I'm not mistaken, the first person to get eaten by a T-Rex. Greg, he was an Air Bud World Pup.
5: What was that? Air Bud World Pup. Oh my!
4: Air Bud World Pup.
3: Get that garbage
4: out of here.
3: Get that big stuff out of here. Episode 23, Angie and the Doctor. No, Tom Baker was not in this episode. Oh. When Brad enters his back and cannot run his practice, Angie and Brad are surprised when his temporary replacement is a young, attractive female doctor, Dr. Walker, played by Shelly Smith.
0: And we've talked enough about Shelly Smith in the recent past. We just talked about her a couple of episodes ago on Tales of the Gold Monkey.
3: Not to mention, she was also in previous entry, Lady Blue.
0: And 10-Speed and Brown Shoe. So there's four. There. Oh, hold on. I, well, this one, eh, I don't know if, if this will put her uh, in hall contention, but she's on at least a week of Match Game Hollywood Scores Hour, it appears. So technically four shows and appeared on the week of Match Game Let's there.
3: And the final episode, Angie and Joyce go to jail. Angie and Joyce flashback to the day when they were arrested while on a shopping
5: trip.
0: Boy, sounds like a bottle episode to me.
5: Yep. And playing Debbie in that bottle episode,
3: Eileen Graf formerly of Super Train, future of Mr. Belvedere. That's the show. And again, well-written, well-produced, well-acted. Everybody had chemistry with each other. So the question remains, as it always does on this show, what happened? Because May came around, ABC was renewing a buttload of shows and green lighting, a buttload of shows for the fall. And Angie was not on the list
0: for season three. Okay. We'll break it down. Let's start with looking at the schedule because we talked about how the show changed time slots or days rather uh, uh, for season two. On premiere night, it aired against the second half hour of Little Women, presuming either a TV series or a miniseries on NBC. And then on CBS, it was going up against the second half hour of The Waltons. Now, mind you, at this point, The Waltons is in its third to last season because it got canceled in 81 or ended in 81. So again, decent competition on one side, Little Women, irrelevant. But the lineup it was with, I mean, this is a superstar lineup. If you're talking about 1979, this is a great lineup. Mork and Mindy, Angie, Barney Miller, Soap, Family. That's three great hours of television. And then to start season two, it was on Tuesday nights at 8.30. After Happy Days, before Three's Company, 9.30 was Taxi. Then, most of that season, he had Heart to Heart. Again, solid lineup. And it went up against California Fever on CBS. And, oh, I hate saying this because Berg is going to get all emotional. The Misadventures of Sheriff
5: Lobo on NBC.
0: You don't miss Sheriff Lobo?
5: Who miss Sheriff Lobo?
0: But then... It moved again to Monday nights after Monday night football wrapped up. So we're talking January, February of 1980. And again, half the competition, not too bad. The other half, bad. CBS was airing something called The Last Resort, a sitcom that really, I I took a look to see who was in the cast of that. There's a couple names we mentioned, but nobody major. But on NBC, the second half hour of a little show called Little House on the Prairie. That's one way of uh, of phrasing it. But then it got moved to Saturday nights. So it went from Tuesday night to Monday night to Saturday night. This is not going to end well, just saying. Besides being buried on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. on ABC, Angie went up against the first hour of the Tim Conway show on CBS and BJ and the Bear on NBC, the first half hour of that show.
3: I actually charted everything out here. In 1979, Laverne and Shirley moved from Tuesday at 8.30 to Thursday at 8, then back to Tuesday at 8.30. The Ropers moved from Tuesday at 10 to Saturday at 8, then to Thursday at 9.30. 30. and Mindy moved from Thursday to Sunday. Welcome back, Connor moved from Saturday to Friday to canceled. Happy Days 3's company, Barney Miller & Taxi didn't move at all. So to make a long story short, Angie died so Laverne and Shirley could live.
5: Was it really worth it? Let's be honest. No.
0: Well, also very telling is the Nielsen ratings. I have the ratings for February of 1980. Now we talked about Angie being the number five series of the 1978, 79 season. Out of 68 episodes this week in February of 1980, would you care to take a guess as to where Angie ranked? 42.
5: No. Greg, you want to take a guess? Wait, what did you say? Of 68
0: shows in February 1980, where did Angie rank?
4: Well, I can't say 69, obviously, say 68.
0: Well, it's not 68.
5: Well, I'm going to go
0: 59. Oh, Greg, you're one-off. 58th. Ooh! But listen to the shows just in that general area. 60th is Laverne and Shirley. So Laverne and Shirley was getting worse ratings than Angie at this point. The Ropers was at fifty-six. One in a million, which we've talked about, was 61st. And really, most everything else is stuff we're not going to talk about. Nothing uh, memorable there. So your top five show in basically, gosh, what, about eight months? Went from top five to 10th from the bottom, 11th from the bottom. And yeah, you said... Uh, Angie got killed off so it could save Laverne and Shirley I agree with that it was a sacrificial lamb plus also since we just talked about the Ropers looking at this before the show I looked at Angie and you know exactly what I thought I thought it mimicked exactly what the Ropers did because it went through the same type of process good first season second season not so good and it got canceled so i see a lot of parallels there even not that they're similar or the same type of show but still you see the parallel of a good first season and second season just basically falling off the face of the earth
3: yeah that sounds about right but if you want like an actual answer to why this show got canceled One person that you should absolutely not ask is Donna Pascal herself. After giving the show a 50-50 shout-out renewal, she said, I don't try to understand it anymore. You have to take it as a big chess game, and the only person who sees the total logic is the person making the moves.
5: I've seen
3: the moves that ABC would make in 1980. Hindsight is 2020, and I'll just leave it at that. The show never really went away. It would come back in a couple of years to
5: be sort of the lead off of their daytime lineup. You know, when
3: ABC would have Trivia Trap, Family Feud, reruns of Angie, and something else. And people watched those reruns. They fell in love with the show. Of course, it didn't get a second chance. I mean, you got 36 episodes out of it. That was it. But yeah, the show really didn't go away after cancellation. And in 2017, the show actually did get a home video release thanks to Visual Entertainment and CBS DVD because this was a Paramount television production. Of course, if you can't be bothered with the uh, trifles of physical media or paying money, you can watch all 36 episodes on YouTube for free, unofficially.
0: And also, they are on YouTube, but for reasons we mentioned earlier, the opening and closing themes are not intact. We mentioned that at the top of the show. Why?
2: Oh, boom.
0: Well, if the open means that much, we're sorry, but the show itself is intact.
3: Don't cry for anybody involved with this show. Uh, Doris Roberts would, of course, go on to play a similar to but legally distinct from character on Everybody Loves Raymond. Deborah Lee Scott would continue playing any game show that would have her until her untimely death. Donna Pesco, of course, would find later roles on Out of This World and even Stevens. And Robert Hayes would be only a couple of months from the role that would make his career. And she started out with a whole lot of promise, but then ABC mucked things up, losing the ratings race to CBS in the process and Angie sadly became just a thing on TV. Well, you can let the love show, let the love grow over at it Was a thing on TV.com where we have our previous entries, all almost 400 of them. We're talking about mini-sodes, live watches, all of our episodes, including the one we did earlier this week with the Hall of Fame. Induction. Of course, we're on all social media and it was a thing on TV except for Facebook where we are at it was a thing on TV podcast. And we are available wherever fine podcasts can be downloaded or streamed. Like and subscribe, rate review. Five stars only because
0: positive vibes only. And don't forget, we are on threads. Just like all the other cool kids are doing. We're at threads at it was the thing on TV. And we're also on YouTube. We don't have the theme song, but
3: we do have the bell. And if you hit it, you will stay up to date with all of our future entries, including something we have next week. Hard hitting female journalists, Jessica Savage, Barbara Walters, Connie Chung, Meredith Vieira, Katie Couric, Nora O'Donnell, Rachel Maddow, and somebody who was overlooked after 13 weeks. We'll tell you all about her career and why it had such an abrupt end next time right here on It Was the Thing on TV. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to one another and we will see you for the next one. The number of
2: uh, children in an average American family. You said... Two. Zwei. Yes. One of each. Mm-hmm. Survey said... Oh. Oh. <laughs> Color of a parakeet. You said... Green. Mm-hmm. Survey said... Oh! <laughs> oh. oh my God. I'm taking of course, like
1: Jamie.
2: Popular form of recreation. You disappointed me here just a little when you said
1: tennis. <laughs> <"Send me." laughs>
2: Survey well. said. Oh! I have, truly, I have to tell you that this little, she is shaking, you are shaking. I know. Hyperventilating.
1: Uh-huh. I'm doing all of it, and I feel like fading, so hold me up. Oh, <laughs> gosh. You? Okay.
2: Oh, you've done so well, you've got no problem. Thank you. If you, think, oh. if you do, fall, go that way.
1: Okay.
2: Look, I just had this, oh just had it dry clean. And, uh, oh. Common color to paint a room, and you said white. Survey said. Oh,
1: okay. oh gosh, ma. <laughs>
2: yes your ma's proud of you
1: yeah
2: yes. and she's proud of you
1: she can't get over all the time she kissed her that night oh no i mean when he came, <laughs> she came to the show uh, like you met him the oh. sport
2: whose players go to training camp you said
1: they do don't
2: they football <laughs> they do indeed
1: yeah
2: and you are 23 points away from ten thousand dollars and uh, the fact that we'll never see robert again <laughs> That's the only thing that I should have pointed out in the beginning. He has to move on to another series. (laughs) Survey said. tell you that you gave me every number one answer except the first one which was the number of children in the average american family you said two three was the answer would you like to uh we'll talk
0: about this we'll be back right after this all right it's a quickie version of the joey gallo update quickie theme song it's the joey gallo update this past week was the All-Star break. Not a lot of games were played. However, Joey Gallo had one hit since the last time he talked, and it happened to be a home run against Oakland. His batting average is at 187. There's the ending. Have a good rest of the week.